Hi, I'm Cody Goff with a special sponsored podcast episode from Curiosity.com. And I'm Ashley Hamer. This episode is sponsored by EMD Performance Materials, a business of Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. And it's the fourth episode in a five-part series we're doing to help you learn about how science and technology are being applied to drive innovation and change the world. Today, you'll learn about how a company can develop new technology and innovate while also helping the environment and our society as a whole. It's all part of a commitment to improving global health, broadening minds, and developing sustainable solutions. We recorded this conversation live on the showroom floor at CES 2019, the Consumer Electronics Show in Las Vegas. Earlier in our podcast miniseries, we talked about liquid crystal windows that were on display at CES. They're windows that look like perfectly normal glass, but when you apply an electric field, they can go from clear to opaque in a microsecond. These liquid crystal windows could have huge implications for sustainability. And that's according to our first guest today, Kai Beckman. He's a member of the executive board at Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. You'll hear from a couple other guests today, but let's start with Kai's perspective on how liquid crystal windows could change the world. Let's satisfy some curiosity. Here at the, at the CES, you sit in front of one of the big game changers, which is our smart window. Yeah, that's the, probably the only product that we really display at, at, this, uh, at this booth because everything else is like hidden behind um, uh, products of our customers. And uh, so that, that, that I believe that liquid crystal window um, it, it can be a real game changer. And uh, I believe uh, the next generation will really use these windows as the normal window technology and uh, they will see the blinds in a museum and uh, <laughs> that's and that's really worth the effort we are convinced that this is a game changer because nobody wants to clean these blinds and, and uh, it is uh, to, to push a button and it's uh, without any noise without any mechanics uh, your window turns dark uh, is perfect that's what, what what people want and still it's a big change curve that you got to go through you see the um, if you compare that with the flat panel displays so the technology was ready uh, of course much earlier than it was marketed and then at some point we had the first flat panel TVs uh, available uh, our customers did those price tag was I don't know in the excess of, of 20,000 euro back then about 20,000 uh, US dollars and, and uh, at that stage uh, people said this is a niche application so uh, we do have the space at home, so we, the tube is okay. Uh, maybe there's some uh, few applications where you could use a flat panel TV. I don't know how many of your friends uh, have a tube still at home. <laughs> yeah, I would not, guess zero. Not uh, so many. Yeah, yeah but it's, it, it, it's not lo- what, I'm, what I'm explaining. It's not long ago. People had the impression it's a niche application. So you see, the people typically um, underestimate the time it takes to really kind of switch. And then they, they underestimate again the speed in which that switch happens. That's the kind of the double whammy that you have in, in, in this area because uh, then you, you lose interest because you know, it takes so long until people adopt it. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and when it happens, they say, okay, we don't have the capacity to even kind of satisfy that demand. That is tricky. The challenge is timing. So uh, in, in innovation, there are really kind of two mistakes and too early can be as difficult as too late. So, and, and it's not that uh, faster is better. And, and so it's not things you, you may have ready for customers, but there's no customer who wants to use that. And that is why you need to, to balance that in, in, in a way. When does a customer really need a certain technology? And when should you be ready? How can you optimize it for a certain customer group? That's something that is, is, is not that easy. We are not a university. We are a company. 
liquid crystal windows really could be a game changer, especially when it comes to the environment. Like Kai said, the windows can go from clear to dark in microseconds, and those darkened windows regulate the heat generated by direct sunlight. As in, they could help climate-controlled buildings reduce the energy they spend by up to 40%. That's a pretty nice perk to go along with replacing conventional sun shading. Besides liquid crystal windows, another cutting-edge technology we saw at the Consumer Electronics Show was OLED, which I'll let our next guest explain. Michelle Ricks is the technology manager for One Display, and here's what she told us about the science behind how it works. What is OLED exactly for the listener? Yeah, so it stands for Organic Light Emitting Diode. And uh, diode is an electrical engineering device, basically, that only allows current to flow one way. So OLEDs work by taking that current, and as it flows through the device, which it's a multi-layer device with very thin stacks of organic materials that are you know, on the order of tens of nanometers thick. So the whole stack is much thinner than a human hair even. Uh, and as the current flows through to the device, um, electrons and holes combine and create light. And you can change the color of that light by changing the actual specific OLED uh, organic emitters within the device. So we can make all sorts of colors. We can combine different emitters uh, to make cool colors like purple or useful colors like red, green, and blue. Sure. So by organic materials, you mean molecules that have carbon in them? Exactly. Cool. And what is the difference between an LED and an OLED? An LED is inherently an inorganic material. So they're, they're processed by um, MOCVD, uh, chemical vapor deposition processes in a, in a semiconductor fab. And they those uh, inorganic LEDs emit light as a point source. So they emit very, very bright light, but as a small, tiny, tiny dot. OLEDs are an area source emitter. So you coat, uh, you coat these chemicals over any sort of plane. Uh, you know, we use glass substrates or plastic substrates. You can use metal substrates, but the whole plane emits light. So you can envision putting these down in many different ways. So typically today they're put down by, by also by vapor deposition uh, in large-scale evaporators, but you, could, you can print them, uh, you could dip coat them potentially. It's all in the formulation, um, but, but typically the most advanced things right now are, are by physical vapor deposition or by inkjet printing. So I know that you can get an OLED TV. Um, yep. You can also get an LCD TV. Yep. What is the difference there? Uh, so there's there's lots of differences. Uh, the first thing you'll notice, I think, is that that OLEDs are very very thin. Uh, and so one of my my uh, most fun experiences so far this week is seeing the rollable TV uh, in the LG booth. Uh, and because the display is so thin, the OLED materials are just like your hair. Um, and then it's just the glass substrate or, or plastic. And the other thing, one of the things that I notice uh, first off is the very, very deep blacks because they're a self-emissive technology. Um, when it's off, it's truly off. So it's really true black. Uh, and some people are more sensitive to that kind of deep black and contrast ratio than others. And uh, that's one of the things that I really like um, is a really deep black. So you can get beautiful contrast, very high dynamic range, really great bright colors. In the higher resolutions, you'll notice they really look almost 3D. The images are really popping off the screen. Um, and in LCD technology, um, the, the way we use it, there's a backlight, um, which is usually now uh, LEDs, inorganic LED light, light bulb, essentially. 
and then the liquid crystals are actually the front plane and the liquid crystals act as an optical shutter uh, so the light either comes through or it doesn't uh, so when when the liquid crystals shut some light still will leak through so you don't really have true deep black on a liquid crystal tv another nice thing about oled displays is that they only consume electricity when they're active the strength of the electric current regulates the brightness so it's a pretty good deal for the environment on top of that, as one of the leading manufacturers of OLED materials, it's an important goal for the company to produce them in a way that uses resources effectively. OLED materials can be processed efficiently because customers collect unused materials in the production process and send them back. Those materials are then reprocessed so they can be used again for display production. It's a process that's very friendly to the environment. As if you haven't already learned about enough cool sustainable technology for one episode, we have a third and final guest today to help you understand how one company could possibly innovate in so many different areas. Luis Vieira is the president and managing director of EMD Performance Materials, and he told us that he works for a company that has a strong foundation in terms of values. One of those values is curiosity. So we asked him, how do you encourage curiosity at your company? This is my 29th year with the company. Yeah, I started in Ohio and uh, I worked in Germany for a few years. Then I've been back in the U.S. since the late 90s. Yeah, and uh, and it's a phenomenal company. It's a company of transformation and uh, innovation and uh, entrepreneurship. And this resilience and uh, this alignment within the company of doing things right, having a strong foundation in terms of values. And I think this is probably the most critical uh, component of the values of the company that uh, every employee you know, is exposed to, and, and you see that in practice. So I, I see that this, um, you know, the heart and soul of the company lives. Yeah, it's not only about the, the euros, the dollars, the hard business, but it's really about uh, having a, a vision of social responsibility. Yeah, you mentioned those values. Yes. One of those is curiosity right Absolutely. now. Really? Yeah. How do you encourage that in your company? Well, I, I, the, the 2018 was a fantastic year, yeah, uh, because we, we really embraced the, the, the whole concept, and uh, we not only talked about it, but we really uh, put our money where our mouth is, yeah. We had a series of events, Innovation Cups. We had uh, a, a phenomenal uh, event in Europe called... Uh, Curious 2018, where we had, you know, top-notch Nobel Prize laureates speaking at our event. Wow. Uh, it was in our hometown, Darmstadt, in, in the uh, convention center there. And I must tell you, in, in, during my entire career, uh, uh, attending shows like this, sitting through beautiful talks and high-technology profiles, to be in that event was like, you know, a treat. Because you could hear about, you know... Uh, CRISPR technology from the people who were pioneers that have won Nobel Prizes on it. You're talking about, you know, uh, uh, innovation from people that are, you know, uh, award-winning authors that uh, really are, are very uh, reputable in the industry uh, across the board. Uh, we're hearing from technologists from, you know, uh, Caltech, MIT, and, and, and you know, in, in Europe, and it was not a one-sided equation. We really pull from talent all over the world, yeah. And in this process as well, we had a group of students that were handpicked, basically via an application process, that then developed their own business case that really led into the 
Innovation Cup, you know, anniversary edition. Yeah. And uh, we had so, you know, in a very uh, short amount of time, we had some of the most brilliant ideas in terms of potential startups and uh, potential ventures that we could, you know, then fund. And the winner actually uh, is uh, is uh, being funded as we speak. Yeah. Their idea was um, a um, modification of a bacteria that could transform plastic into basically fuel. Awesome. Yeah, so it would break down the plastic, you know, in out in the environment, you know, landfills, etc., etc., and then in a very concerted effort, then would generate energy at the end. Uh, so it's a, a real total life cycle management, a sustainability approach. We also have. Uh, a traveling container in the US. I don't know if you had seen this. We call it Curiosity Cube. Nice. And uh, we specifically target um, you know, underserved communities where the children may not have access to technology, may not have access to science. And uh, so there are several experiments from robotics to cell uh, anatomy to uh, some of the logic uh, and we have uh, experiments that really kind of uh, instigate curiosity and I had a, a pleasure participating in some of these and we have these you know third graders to fifth graders and so on that they're coming by and we split them in small groups in each workstation and we work with them explain and they do hands-on science and then we debrief them and they're shooting all these phenomenal questions and this is what curiosity is about you know the ability to be humble and ask questions in 2018 alone the curiosity cube louise was talking about reached 66,000 students in more than 100 communities across north america and the curiosity cube is just one initiative promoting education and culture when you're looking at problems, are you, are you looking at ways to solve existing problems? Are you looking at uh, more aspirational, more kind of what could be? Um, how do you even move forward? Because there are so many different directions you could go. Absolutely. I, I think number one is focus. Yeah. At the end of the day, we have to deliver results. So we cannot just have fun. Yeah. <laughs> Unfortunately. So we have to, to really have a focused approach. And, uh, and we realize this is a journey. This is not, you know, the flip of a switch and then we get the pharma guy, the life science guy and the materials guy sitting and say, okay, voila, you know, here's the solution. It is a journey. So step-by-step, uh, step, initiative by initiative, project by project, we may leverage different capabilities, yeah? And, uh, and we try to really find these synergies over and over again. Um, clearly defining our platforms that we have, understanding, you know, where we're better off to partner with someone we, can, we cannot invent everything. Right. So, uh, and this is the, the opportunity we have as well. So how can we, you know, enhance our position, but also bring others up towards a successful business model, yeah? Thanks for listening to this special episode of Curiosity Daily, sponsored by EMD Performance Materials, a business of Merck KGAA, Darmstadt, Germany. We'll be back next week with the final edition of our mini-series to help you learn about how science and technology are being applied to drive innovation and change the world. In the meantime, join us again tomorrow for a regular edition of the award-winning Curiosity Daily to learn something new in just a few minutes. I'm Ashley Hamer. And I'm Cody Goff. Stay curious. On the Westwood One Podcast Network.